Rachel, thanks so much for joining me today. We're talking about Jesus' dream. We're talking about what Jesus wanted for Christmas yesterday. And we're going to continue to talk about making his dream come true, preparing the way for him, really, so that he can come so his dream of not one that would, would perish could come true. So let's acknowledge him, Jesus. We want to be a part of your life. We want to be about what you care about, helping you so that your dream, your dreams can come true, that you can be with us, all of us, forever and ever, that not one should perish, that we would do that greater work that you called us to. So we love you and praise you and give you all the glory. So, you know, we were talking about Jesus and his dream and how he's asking us to go and to do that greater work, to prepare the way for him so that not one would perish. And we talked a little bit about how can we do that when we have so much to do? What am I going to do about meals? What am I going to do about where I'm going to live? If I take all my energy and put it into Jesus' dream, then what am I going to eat? What am I going to drink? And what am I going to wear? It's going to start entering your mind. It does. It's just natural because we don't know God's way. So in Matthew 6, he said, Jesus said, Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or gather into barns. Verse 26. And yet your heavenly Father keeps feeding them. Are you not more, or are you not worth much more than they are? Verse 23. I tell you, stop being perpetually uneasy, anxious, and worried about your life. What you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, and what, what you're going to put on your body, isn't life greater in quality than food? for the body far above and more excellent than clothing. And Jesus lived this life. He didn't worry about his needs. He went to the Father every time he had a need. And think about it. What was he doing? He was going around doing good, meeting the needs of people. He was doing the Father's work. The greater thing than just taking care of himself. That is a great thing, to love that person more than yourself, to love your neighbor, to care if they're going to have eternal life or not. Remember what he said to the rich man? Come and walk the walk I walk. Care about others. Sell your stuff. Give it to the poor. Stop worrying about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, and what you're going to wear if you want eternal life. Because love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, and all your soul is the most important command. And then to love your neighbor is the, most, is the second most important command. And that's what he was telling that man. Well, if you want eternal life, care about what the Father cares about. And then come and join me to prepare the people for eternal life. And that's what God is asking us to do. And he's saying that the Father will meet your need. Verse 33, do not worry about, verse 31, do not worry about and be anxious about what you're going to have to eat or what you're going to have to drink or what you're going to have to wear. For the Gentiles, those who don't know God, 
they wish for and crave after and diligently seek day after day, diligently seek these things. And your Heavenly Father already knows that you need them. So if you seek, aim at, and strive after His way of doing and being right, His way of doing and being right, His way, care about what He cares about, love that person, then these things taken together that you've been running after will be given to you and besides. And so, in other words, when you, when you lay down your life, when you stop worrying about your stuff and care about what God cares about and do that greater work, He's going to make sure that what you need will be added to you. A man's gift makes room for him, Proverbs 18.60. Your gift will make room for you. Your gift will be what God uses to have those things that you need added to you. So much of the time we're thinking, well, why isn't God meeting my needs? You know, I have this need, I have that need. And you know what God would say to you today? I have a need. It's not my will that one would perish. And when you meet my need, I'll meet your need. When you seek my way of doing and being right, then your gift will allow me, your doing, your faith action, will allow me to open that door so that all these blessings will just come upon you and overtake you because you care about what I care about. Because you're taking care of my need, I can take care of yours. It makes room for you. Your gift is what God uses to make sure that all your needs are met and besides. It's a system. It's his way of doing and being right. And that's why Jesus said, stop living the other way. Stop going after stuff and making it. It turns out that it's your God because you work so hard for it. And then like the rich man, when Jesus would say, give it away, you'd be like thinking, I work so hard for this. How can I give it away? And that means your life here on the earth is more important to you than your eternal life. And so we got to switch gears and stop living like the heathen. They worry about their life. They're not dependent on Jesus. They don't rely on him. When you rely on Jesus, he can meet all your needs. You're going to go around doing good. You're going to go around doing that greater thing. And then he's going to add to you what you need. And also, you're going to find out during that process, if you allow him to make that change in your life, to teach you and to open your eyes, you're going to see a lot of the things that you work so hard to get are really a God in your life that'll keep you from eternal life because you put all that time and energy into it to, to fulfill a need that you think that you have to have to feel better. And you're going to learn that those things that you're using to feel better are really your God and you don't need them anyway. And for a time, He'll ask you to go without them. 
we get way ahead of God. We're meeting our own needs, and and then we're we're giving God the glory for it because we were able to do it. And it's a little messed up because we're not doing His work. We're really doing the enemy's work when we take care of ourselves. We're not loving others. We're putting ourselves first. We're number one. We take care of ourselves first before we can help someone else. And that's not God's way of doing and being right. Jesus said, if you don't carry your cross, you can't be my disciple. If you don't do your part, you can't be his disciple. He's asking you to lay down your life here, to separate from the here and now, so you can enter into eternal life with him when you leave here. And be a part of making his dream come true. Be a part of preparing the way for him by being a part of his life. And making it your intention to make his dream come true. He's going to make your dream come true. And you are going to be easing his frustration. He told me once he was frustrated. We say we love him, but we totally ignore him. And we keep walking on that wide path. And he's frustrated because we're asking him to do things for us, yet we're following another God. He's asking us to be a part of his life so that we can make his dream come true and ours too. Two are better than one. He could do it all without us, but he's asking us to be a part of his life. He decided for it to be this way. And really, it's a love proof. It's proof that you love him. So if you check back, and was Christmas about you and how you do things? Or was it about him? Was he worshipped? Or was it the gifts? Or what people thought? Was it what you do, what you've done, without him? Or was it, what he wanted was it making his dream come true. Was it about his birthday or was it about someone else in your life or something else in your life or was it about you? And that would be the proof. Whichever you did, what you're living for, what you're preparing for. Christmas, your Christmas, just a few days ago, is your proof of what your eternal life looks like, of whether you need to change what you're doing right now or not. He said he's long-suffering. He hasn't come yet because we're not ready, because it's not his will that one should perish. And so his dream is his, his will come to pass. The disciples said how to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He told us his dream. 
He loves all of us so very much that He's waiting to come. He knows many are suffering. He knows He has to intervene. But He's waiting because we're frustrating Him. We say we love Him. We go to church on Sundays. We worship Him maybe on Wednesday. We do works that we think He would like. But we're far from the truth. It's our lips. He said, it's not our heart. Do you care about him? Do we care about him enough to seek him and understand and know what he's thinking and feeling and what his intentions are? Are we doing the greater work? Are we putting it off and thinking, well, I don't really have to do that. Someone else can do it. I got to work. I got to put food on the table. That's ridiculous. I can't do that. But Jesus is showing you that you can when you stop worrying about your life, what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, and what you're going to wear, and you seek his way of doing and being right, then all the things you're going after, he will just add them to you because you care. He told the rich man to sell his stuff, give it to the poor, and follow him. So the rich man thought, oh, you're asking me to be poor like you to walk the streets? No. He was asking him what life is. Isn't life greater than things, than the things that you're doing that really have no eternal value, really have no meaning other than to please your flesh? God gave us a choice to love or not to love. And so he's saying, will you love? Will you care about what I care about? Will you care that it's not my will that one should perish? Jesus said, not everyone who calls me Lord will enter into the kingdom of heaven. That means there's a lot of us out there that are fake. And it's because we're fake is because we're trying to do something to impress someone else. Not many who call me Lord will enter into the kingdom of heaven. And if you're calling him Lord and he said, you're not going to enter into the kingdom of heaven, then you've been fake. Because the next verse he said, they're going to say, I did this. I cast out demons in your name. I did that. So what's he saying? You put on a big show? You can sit there and argue with him on that day. And then he's going to say, I didn't know you. Away from me, I never knew you. You who practice lawlessness. But Jesus, I ran this church. Yeah, you ran it. I didn't run it. You did what you wanted to. You didn't find out what I was thinking. You made it into a business. You collected money every week and you, and you met your own needs. You didn't seek my way of doing Do you remember what he did in the temple? He turned the tables over. Are you making a profit? Are you doing things for show? Have you turned the gospel into a way to make money? To put food on the table for your family? 
Jesus prayed, and his father fed all the people that were there with him. He didn't make any money on it. So anyway, not everyone calls me Lord will enter into the kingdom of heaven, but those who do the will of my Father. It's his will that none should perish. You care about what he cares about? He said, if you believe, you're going to do what I was doing and even greater things. Well, maybe you're thinking, well, I don't know what to do. He'll tell you. Moment by moment, just do what he tells you to do, and he's going to lead you. He's going to recreate you in his likeness and put you on that path that leads to the good life. He's going to meet your needs because you're meeting his needs. You know, so much we, we quote things and we call those things to be not as though they were, and they're not happening. And why aren't they happening? Because we're not doing our part. It's a relationship. A relationship, people always say, oh, I have a relationship with Jesus. I ask him and he does it. He meets my needs. But does he? A relationship is two people in agreement. And Jesus is clearly saying, if you believe in me, you're going to do what I was doing. You know, sometimes I, I, I think of how people look to Jesus as if he is Santa Claus. You know, you make that list and, oh, you've been pretty good, so I'm going to give you all this stuff. That's not who he is. Santa Claus is not a relationship, right? He's just somebody you look to to get stuff from, and he's not even real. But that is the, the way he's looked at. The kids want to see Santa and sit on his lap and tell him all the things he wants. But the reality of Jesus is he wants something from you, too. He wants your love and your compassion. He wants to know that you care by laying it all down and saying, I care that none will perish. I don't want anyone to go to hell. I don't want to go to hell. If you don't want to go to hell, then you got to care. you got to care about what he cares about. Get to know him. We don't know love without him. We think we do, but we really don't. So, I think um, Christmas is our proof. Did we do our thing, or did we do? Or did we do? Well, it was about him. Why isn't he meeting your needs? Because you're not meeting his. But he's God, yeah. He's a person. He has feelings, compassion. He gets frustrated, angry. And when he comes, you want to make sure that you're not caught in that anger. But he knows you. Because you loved him and cared about what he cared about. He loves you. He loves everyone. It's not his will that one should perish. But only those who love him back. Who care. Who are true to him. Who haven't betrayed him. Will have eternal life. 
we will be judged. We will all stand before him. Teach your children the truth. The earlier you teach them, the better. Jesus is coming, and he's coming soon. Let's acknowledge him, Jesus. Thank you for warning us, telling us things to come, sharing truth with us. Thank you for that correction that leads us down that narrow path that leads to eternal life. We love you and praise you. Give you all the glory. Revelation 3.20, Jesus said he's knocking at the door of your heart. If you invite him in by heeding his voice, he will come and live on the inside of you and teach you and help you to get to this place where you can enter into that door, where you can have eternal life with him, where he can teach you and you can know him as a person, how he feels, what he's thinking what he's going through. Even when he's sad, you're going to be able to know that. Revelation 3.19, he corrects those he loves. He's going to correct you. He's going to get frustrated with you if you don't listen. He's going to call you out. But that's all to get you to that place where you can walk right in, right through that door and live with him forever. And so I just want to challenge you. Ask him on your knees, get to know Him, open the Word of God, trust Him, prepare the way for Him, be a part of His life. Thank you so much for listening today.